0: Welcome to the 1132 YA podcast. If you're ever in the area, join us for the gathering. Every third Tuesday at 7 p.m. at 700 Rivercrest Boulevard, Allen, Texas. Amen. Verse 1 says this. Now when they drew near Jerusalem to Bethpage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives. Anybody like olives? Okay, you'll like this place. He sent two of it. Thanks, Pastor Cam. I love you. He sent two of his disciples, and he said to them, go into the village opposite of you. Say opposite. And as soon as you have entered it, you will find a colt tied, a baby donkey. Say donkey. Donkey. Say it in the King James. Don't say it. On which, listen, on which no one has sat before. Another translation says it's unbroken. Loose it and bring it. Verse 3, and if anyone says to you, why are you doing this? Say, the Lord has need of it, and immediately he will send it here. So they went their way and found the colt tied by the door outside on the street, and they loosed it. Say, loosed. But some of those who stood there said to him, what are you doing loosing this colt? It don't belong to you. Verse 6, and they spoke to them just as Jesus commanded, and they let them go. Then they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their clothes on it, and he sat on it. Jesus sat down on the colt. Jesus took a seat on the colt. He sat down. He made it his place of residence for a moment. His, Jesus sat down on the colt. I'm, I'm emphasizing it not because I have a stutter, because I want it to, to, to stick in your mind and eventually get down into your spirit. By the end of this message, he, he sat. Who sat on it? Jesus sat down on the coat. Let's pray one more time. Lord, we love you so much, and I pray that your will be done in this room tonight, and in every single heart, whether we're close to you or far from you, I pray that your will and your desire reaches every person in this room tonight, and we declare it in the mighty name of Jesus, everyone said. Amen. I'm going to preach a word tonight entitled, Get Low. Get Low. Cue all the songs. Get low. I was gonna name it Go Low, um, but I figured y'all would remember it better if I called it Get Low. So, don't YouTube get low. I was thinking, how can I rap that? And I would say something some cheesy in Christianese like, From the windows of heaven to the walls of Jericho. Okay, I was stupid. Get low, get low. Um, I have found that most facts in life are seemingly relative. Can you say relative? It's a fun word, relative. In other words, if if I were to ask you tonight if $4 was a lot of money, you would generally say no, right? Like, no, it's not a lot of money. If I were to ask you tonight if $4 was a lot for a gallon of gas here in Dallas, you would say yes. But if I were to ask you tonight if $4 was a lot for a frappuccino, you would say No, most of you would say no. Why? Because it's relative. If I were to ask you tonight, if I was old, being 29 years old, most of you would generally say no. But not according to the four-year-old the other day that told me I was an old man. To the four-year-old, I'm old, but to the 50-year-old, I'm just a young buck. Why? Because it's relative. It's relative. What I have found about society and the culture uh, and, 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 and in the midst of all the chaos and the issues and the breaking news that we experience each and every day, it's, it's, it's hard to judge that it's bad news because we don't have a measure of what is good news because it's Relative, what's bad and what's breaking has become simply our norm. It's our custom. When we see somebody else commit suicide, it's not shocking to us anymore because it's norm for us. When we see uh, another couple get divorced, it's not shocking to us anymore because because it's our norm. When we see another shooting in a mall somewhere, we're not shocked any longer because it's simply our norm. We don't have anything good to compare it to. There's no standard. There's no measuring stick. There's only bad, which is our norm so we don't even call it bad news anymore because we don't know what good news is anymore and when I look around and when I see a culture when I see society all the more right now in 2019 we need the good news of Jesus to invade come on every household every family every city we need people to know that if they're depressed they can find joy if they're suicidal they can find peace people need to know that there is good news that is available for each and every person Somebody say, good news. We don't know what's bad because it's simply our norm. Now, I, I know most of you in this room, you know what bad is because I, w- I would just say you might be a Christian. If you're a Christian in this room, you know good news and bad news. But I want to give you a couple of keys tonight on how to move the good news of Jesus forward. We're having a hard time moving the good news of Jesus forward because it's not that we're oblivious, we're simply overwhelmed. We're overwhelmed, so therefore we don't know what to do. We don't know, okay, okay, pastor, I know that there's good news. I know Jesus has a redemption story for me and and, and for the person, but I simply don't know how to move the good news of Jesus forward. So I'm going to give you a couple of keys tonight on how to move forward. I believe it's going to help us. It's not going to be a sexy word, but it's going to be an essential word. I wanted to preach on prophecy and power, but God told me to preach to you humility and obedience. Cause this is something that I'm living right now. So 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 I figured I'd just bring the fresh word that's in me tonight if that's all right. I ran down to my car earlier and uh reached in my pocket and realized I didn't have the keys to go to lunch. And I was mad because I was hangry and I needed to make my fresh fade appointment just for you. So um, but I didn't have no keys and and, and I got upset and and, and it's the Lord speaks to me in funny ways. He says, a lot of us want to move forward in life. We want to move forward advancing the gospel, telling our culture and society and our world and our context good news, but we simply don't have the keys to move it forward. We have a disease in the body of Christ, and I include myself in this, entitled immobility. We're simply immobile. We don't know what to do. It's not that we don't, it's not that we don't want to do it. It's we simply don't know how or where to begin? Let me give you some essentials, I believe, tonight. We talked tonight about the cult. The cult, and, and if you don't know what a cult is, essentially it's a baby donkey. And um, and it's so funny because you would ask Jesus, Jesus, why did you choose a cult for your grand entry? For your first impression to Jerusalem, why would you choose this little donkey? Why wouldn't you get maybe? something more like a war horse, something a little more militant, something a little more aggressive, something that grunts, something that maybe intimidates people, just so you can show them that you are the triumphant king that was prophesied about. Why would you pick a cult? And I want you to write this down if you're taking notes. Number one is this. He moves according to his plan. His plan. Jesus doesn't do it in the way often as we presume that he do it. Come on some of y'all some of y'all in this room didn't even plan on doing an internship 6 weeks ago. What happened? God jacked up your plans. Why? It's for your good, amen. But but he moves according to his plan and he's the one that directs your steps and and, and 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 what I have planned and what I was constructing in my mind's eye is 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 not what's happening. So again, I'm I'm living this right now that he moves according to his plan. The second thing we need to understand about Jesus is that he moves on humility. In a world, in a day, in an age where everything's trying to be puffed up and promoted, he moves only on humility. What does the Bible say? That he opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Come on, he opposes the proud. If you're not humble, he, he opposes you, but he'll give you grace if you're humble. He moves on humility. Thirdly, he moves on obedience. 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 Somebody say, obedience. obedience. Humility and obedience. These are two words you're going to hear me say a lot tonight. Humility and obedience. I'm going to get Claire to come up here and help me with an illustration right quick. Give it up for Miss Claire. Come on, she's awesome. It's humility and obedience. And what I found is that it's hard to find someone who is both humble and obedient. This is what I found. In Exhibit A in our gallery today, we have someone who is humble but not obedient. In other words, somebody who acknowledges that without Jesus, they're nothing. Somebody who, who realizes that they can't fulfill purpose without him. That it's not about them. They're, they're humble but yet when push comes to shove and God leads them in a certain direction because of maybe fear or, 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 or maybe a fear of man or maybe insecurity or lack of confidence in, 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 in oneself maybe or lack of confidence even in the call of God, they simply aren't obedient. So they're humble in their prayer closet, God, wherever you send me, I'll go. I know I can't do it without you. But the moment God says, okay, go, they're not obedient. And by the way, even if they're partially obedient, they're still disobedient. So this is what I found, somebody who's humble, but yet not obedient. By the way, I'm going to assume tonight that all of you in the room are at least one or the other, or you're both. I'm not going to assume tonight that you're completely narcissistic and full of fear. I'm going to at least give you the benefit of the doubt and say us in this room, we're either one or the other or both. All right? So somebody who is not obedient but is humble, exhibit B, is somebody who is obedient has the heart, rather, of obedience, but is not humble. In other words, somebody who is willing to take risk, who is willing to go anywhere uh, for the call of God, but as long as they get to take a little of them with it, as long as people see me doing it, as long as it makes me money, as long as there are good photographs, come on, good YouTube production, As long as there's a little of of my name in it, I'll go wherever you call me to go. Exhibit C is this. It's somebody who is obedient and is humble. And I want to talk about what Jesus did with humility and obedience. Because the cult in this story represents those very two things. It's humble because it's low. It's not the war horse. It's not even the mother donkey. It's the baby colt. He's humble. And it's also obedient. How do I know it's obedient? Because how is an unbroken colt going to do what Jesus says to do? What it means to be unbroken is not trained and never ridden on before. So this colt represents humility and obedience. Kind of like the very person that sat on him in the first place. Because Jesus, what? He came to serve and not be served. He also came in John 13. He washed the disciples' feet. And he also said that I'm about my father's business. Whatever he says, I'm going to do. He is humble and obedient. So we have humility and obedience squared up in this story. And it says this in the very last line of the text. Throw it back up there, if you will, verse 7. It says, And he sat on it. I want to talk about this word for a moment, sat. Sat in the Greek is the the word kathizo. And it doesn't just mean that he took a seat on it to just enjoy the ride. This word actually means appointed. This word means assigned. It's the same word that's used when the Holy Ghost sat on each of them. It appointed them. It assigned them. It's the same word that was used when it says Jesus sat at the right hand of the Father. He's not just there occupying a throne. He's there assigned to a task on the throne. This is what it means. So in other words, Jesus, a.k.a. the good news, the gospel, sat down for a reason. I want to talk about this for a moment because some of us think in the room that when we get saved... That's all she wrote. Let me tell you, you're not just saved from something, you're saved for something. You are saved. For an appointment. Come on somebody. You're saved for an assignment. You're saved for a destiny. You're saved for a purpose to be fulfilled in this life. You're not just saved from something. It said that the cult was tied by the road. But he was loose so that Jesus was set down and appoint him. And little did the cult know that day. That he would stumble into destiny. And be written about. Because he carried the good news. Into Jerusalem. He was Appointed, somebody say appointed. Kathizo, Kathizo. Some of y'all are gonna try to go get a tattoo on you, just Kathizo, I'm appointed. <laughs> he sat down, and let me tell you, this is where Jesus looks to sit down on. I don't think Jesus is gonna take a seat unless he finds humility, humility and obedience. This isn't just in the New Testament where he sits down on humility. Pastor, because last time I read, David said that he inhabits the praises of his people. That word inhabits means to sit down and make a home in. Praise is a byproduct of humility. So even all the way in the back fields on a back mountain somewhere, David said he sits down on my humility. He will take a seat wherever he finds that very word. He sat down on humility and obedience that day. Praise, again, is a byproduct of humility because praise says this. Praise says, look at him and not me. That's what praise says. You ever feel prideful? You ever feel a little arrogant? You ever feel a little full of yourself? I'm telling you, turn on worship and just begin to praise him and just repent with your praise. Say, God, it's not even about me anyways. It's not even about my glory. It's not about my name. It's not about my fame. It's not about my popularity. Come on. It's not about my accolades. It's about you. It's always been about you. It'll always be about you. Lift up a praise next time. So that's the an antidote for your arrogance. Write that down. Antidote for your arrogance is praise. Somebody say amen. God showed me that the cult in this story was the bridge that allowed the good news to get from A to B. I'll say that again. The cult in this story was the bridge that allowed the good news to get from A to B. I almost called this sermon from A to B. Think about the cult. I'm not going to show you because that would be awkward. But if I were to get on all fours, I would look like a bridge. The Colt was the bridge. He was the vehicle. He was the means of transportation, getting Jesus the good news, the gospel from A to B. I want to show you something real quick. Uh, I got some pictures. I'm going to move this. I got some pictures of some bridges. I didn't take these myself. I got them from Google. Now, there's a selfie in there, though, just one selfie. I will show you. Bridges, bridges, bridges. Bridges are interesting to me. Many bridges, many types, many colors, many shapes. Some of them are grand. Some of them are beautiful, very abstract. See, there's me and some guys. We love to take pictures in front of bridges. Half of y'all in the room got that same picture. Don't you lie in the house of God. But bridges are Again, they look different. I want to tell you about a friend that I have found studying for the sermon by the name of Mr. Bridge. This is Mr. Bridge right here. Mr. Bridge became a good buddy. Could he show me a few things? Whether people take pictures of Mr. Bridge or not, whether he is overlooked or not, whether he is promoted as a tourist attraction or not, whether he is celebrated or not, whether he's walked on or not. What I've learned about Mr. Bridge is that all he cares about is not if he's promoted or not, but if he gets somebody from A to B. At the end of the day, if Mr. Bridge only gets people from start, come on, to finish, from one side of the lake to the other, he is more than content because he realized that he fulfilled his purpose. Can I tell you tonight that if you're a Christian, you are but a bridge. Who cares if you're walked on? Who cares if there's pressure put on you? Who cares if you're celebrating? Come on, who cares if you're on Google Images or not? All our life is is but a bridge from getting people, from death, come on, to life, from lost to found, from empty to full, from A to B, from not being aware of the good news, to them finding hope, in Jesus, so what if we don't get another accolade? So what if they talk about you? So what if they don't? We're but a bridge, y'all. That's all the cult was. He was a bridge. And if the cult could speak, he would say the same thing as the bridge. If the bridge could speak, that he was content on simply being Point of access from getting somebody from A to B. I want to encourage you tonight, as some of my closing thoughts as your pastor, I want to encourage you with this: stay humble and be obedient. Those are two things that you will never regret in life: to take the low route. Not to puff yourself up and to always lean into the voice of God for your life. You say, How do I know the voice? How do I be obedient? I'm telling you, God won't let you miss him if you seek him with all your heart. That's Bible. You seek me with all your heart, I will be found by you. Stay humble and be obedient. If I can get the keys to go ahead and come back up, this is what we are to this world. And more than ever, I come across people who are lost. In other words, people who don't know Jesus. And people who are lost are not less than, by the way. Maybe you're in this room and you, you hear that from me. Is I'm calling you lost. I'm calling you dead. I'm just saying right now the life you may be living, it pales in comparison to the life with Jesus. When you surrender your life to Jesus, you'll find joy. You'll find satisfaction. It, it'll be an actual lasting change. Let me just talk to you. It'll be a change that you, you don't sleep off. It'll be a change that, you, that, 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 that won't just pass by. That, that, there will be a part of you deep down on the inside that is filled and that is satisfied. I'm telling you, if you surrender your life to Jesus, you'll never be the same. And if you stay humble and if you remain obedient, you will fulfill your God-given destiny. And that will bring you great joy. And part of all of our God-given destinies in this room is to bring the good news of Jesus. pastor preached about the Gospel Sunday. Go back and listen to the message. The good news of Jesus. In the midst of bad news and fake news, we need to be a bridge to society. Laying our lives down. That's what lost people need is a Christian with an actual laid-down life. You know, a lot of us pray sometimes. Lord, help us be like the early church. And I agree with that statement. But I just want to let you know that the early church had major surrender. If they were to give their lives to Jesus, surrender to him and his ways, it was essentially signing up for martyrdom to be killed. That's how much surrender the early church had. That's how much sacrifice and obedience the early church had and really humility that the early church had. That's my prayer. God, make me as as obedient and as surrendered as the early church. There's a prayer that I pray often, and it's this, and this is what I want to encourage you to do. Pray this prayer, not right now, but in your own time. God, if they're looking for you, let them find you and me. I heard that in a song one time, and it stuck with me. If they're looking for you, which I go ahead and say that they are. Maybe they don't even realize it. Let them find you in me. Let them find you, come on, on me, because I'm a cult. I'm a bridge. Would you stand with me in this room? A fallen world needs a risen Savior. And we are the vehicles and the conduits to display and exhibit his love each and every day. We sing that song often, We Need to Move, and it's one of my favorite songs. But as much as we need a move, we need to move. Don't expect God's just a proud or sovereign move without us moving. Come on, somebody say amen to that. Humility is a bridge for people to find Jesus. Those who make a difference in this world, get low. Those who are great, get low. Those who do, come on, great exploits, get low. And those who are like Jesus, get low. I just wanted to share those thoughts with you tonight. and I just pray more than ever, before you prophesy another word, before you lead somebody else in worship, Before you stand on another street corner, I just want us all tonight to ask ourselves, are we humble and obedient? Are we doing what God told us to do? And do we realize that we can't do what he told us to do without him? Stay humble and be obedient. That's how you win in life, by the way. Back in football, they used to tell me I wasn't the tallest guy, you know, I'm about 6'2", but... They, um, what's funny, but they, they, they would always tell us, you know, get low, stay low, because it was a game of leverage. You can get Phil up here, Phil's big, he's swole, he was a football player, and um, we went head-to-head one time and I laid him out. I got the mic, you don't, I'm playing, that's not true. That's not true. Just that one time. No, I'm playing. If Phil were to get up here right now, and you were to get, I'm not going to use Valerie because she's strong. I need a volunteer, a small person. Just wave at me so I don't make you feel weird. Claire's waving. Thank you, Claire. If Claire, well, yeah, okay, I'll use that. If Claire and Phil, if Phil was standing here like this, and Claire began to run towards Phil, If she got the right leverage point, if she got low enough, Phil would fall. They would tell us in football to get low, stay low when you were trying to do two things. Move forward. If you're on the offense and I was running the ball, I would get low and I could move my legs and drive. I would move forward. But flipping to defense, they would also tell me as a linebacker to get low, stay low. That means to drive them to the ground. God spoke to me earlier and he told me to tell you this, whether you're trying to move forward in life or trying to tackle an obstacle, it will come by the way of getting low before God, saying, God, I can't do it another day without you. I need your power, I need your wisdom, I need your guidance, I need your spirit. Without you, I'm nothing, but with you, I'm something. Get low, stay low. That's how you win in life, and that's how you fulfill your purpose. The the big question is, are you being obedient, and are you humble? Because that's where Jesus will take his seat. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more information, connect with us on social media at 1132YA.